Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your favorite podcast about the Old Miss Rebels. I'm your host, Justin Sanders, talking today with my co-host, John Stefanzik. Uh Coming off Old Miss's bye week, we're going to chat a little bit about, uh, I, I'm going to say three, we talked about three uh, big games in the SEC yesterday, or at least games that held our interest, probably straight into some other games, uh, maybe discuss a little MLB playoff action. Uh, just see where the day takes us. Preview the Arkansas game a little bit, although we got into that some last week. Uh, for now, though, John, how you doing, buddy? We're good. Uh, cloudy, rainy. It's the ultimate. Be a bum inside. Record a podcast. So watch you're probably, it all day. Y'all are probably getting some uh, some hurricane remnants up yeah, that way now. Yeah, huh? we're getting the outer bands of Matthew. It's gonna. The Red Sox game's not gonna happen today. I can tell you that. I'd be shocked if they played it. It's funny, I'm getting more rain from Matthew than my parents are in Pensacola than, they, than they're they in Florida, technically. So it's Yeah, kinda... so whenever this kind of thing happens, like the East Coast hurricane, it seems like it sucks all the bad weather from like the Western Hemisphere, because it's been gorgeous here. I mean, it's just bright, it was, sunny, It, it was really nice here until about 2 o'clock yesterday. They got cloudy. Yesterday was totally fine. Today it's going to rain. The rest of this week's going to be good, so... It's been it's been dry up here throughout the summer overall, actually. So this is it's not a bad thing that we're getting getting some rain. Let's actually but. let's actually start there. Obviously, not a ton of Ole Miss topics to discuss in a few minutes. Maybe we can talk about uh, Chad Kelly's repeated bad behavior in Buffalo, New York. But we'll get into that in a second. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts just since we talked about the hurricane, and I wasn't even planning on talking about this, but it came in my mind. Obviously, there's some controversy going on right now between the LSU and Florida athletic departments, as well as the SEC offices. A lot of disagreement there about what happened with their game getting canceled Saturday. Basically, um, it seems like Florida was instrumental in making sure the game didn't get played, but I think the LSU reaction of whining and crying foul and acting like uh, what Florida did was beyond the pale is is kind of immature and silly on LSU's part. I mean, basically the way I look at it, John, is you're Florida's athletic director. Your job is to maximize Florida's athletic opportunity, right? And if that means uh, canceling an SEC West game because it's going to help you get to Atlanta easier uh, through the SEC East, I mean, that's your job. Are we really going to act like this is this is some, like, a, a, to, to quote a presidential candidate, like, pussy move or something? Like, I, I don't – I don't. <laughs> no, but really, John, I want to get your thoughts on this. Where do you stand? That's kind of how I – Man, I had a way – I have a way better setup for the, to bring that in, Sanders. That was terrible. Listeners can tweet well, it. Well, okay, I've been thinking – I was going to we'll say in my there, intro, though. I was going to say the podcast that reaches out and grabs you, but I didn't I didn't get to that either. So why don't you – You, you probably yours. don't live 1,500 feet from a Trump headquarter office. I went to get – pick up. Thai food for my buddies. I went to get Thai food takeout last night to watch the night games. Uh-huh. And, and there's a damn Trump office next to the Thai place between the Thais <laughs> and the Thai place in Dover now. It oh is hysterical. 
Anyway, because we are a quote-unquote swing state. Not that this is going to matter. You anymore. are. You are. And listen, Aaron, shout out to – Oh, we're talking about, uh, okay, the hurricane, the Florida. I have no – Foley was doing his job. Now, so we're going to have it. So, you know, our I think the number one podcast on the sports recreation segment of iTunes is Pardon My Take. Yes. Highly recommend it. And we're not going to sit here and try to do anything better than they do. They do segments. They have like the Jimbo's of the week, which is people do stupid stuff during the week in honor of you know, Jimbo Fisher. So we're going to have our own new segment as of right now that Perfect. I did prep Sanders on. is going to be the Ross Bjork Cuck of the Week, and that's oh, going goodness. to be Greg Sankey for <laughs> not getting this game played. Like, that was good. That LSU was good. Offered Tiger Stadium. Fine. If Florida want to play it, fine. They had a gazillion other neutral sites. The fact that Florida was not willing to go to a neutral site and Gainesville is going to be on the damn western side of the eye wall at Hurricane, that was the biggest chicken shit move ever. Sankey is – your theory about Sankey really being a big problem with this whole Ole Miss NCAA thing is I am much more on board with that now after watching Sankey not be able to get this game played. Georgia and South Carolina – you're getting the gameplay. If it delayed, yeah, they're the game, playing that games, today, right? We're recording this fine. on Sunday. Oh, we don't want to use police and resources. We'll move the damn game to Auburn. They were they were kicking state's ass in Starkville last night, and Auburn can host the game. That'd be great. Somebody could have hosted the football game. It is utterly ridiculous that this game didn't get played. LSU says they had multiple neutral site locations figured out. It just is what it is, Florida. I get you don't want to play the game, but it's utterly ridiculous that you're... It, it is ridiculous, but I, I think LSU should be calling out Sankey more than calling out Florida because I think Great. Florida's just doing their job. I mean, Florida's just trying to get the advantage for Florida. I mean, what, this is SEC football. This is not, you know, Florida happy, feeling, being, fair time. Not being exactly... I mean, they don't have to be this way, but... That's not just grossly irresponsible for the well, back though. When you're when you're in the path of a hurricane and you can say your athletes have family that is even more directly in the path of the hurricane, you kind of get to hide behind that as an argument. And it's hard really in good taste to to go against that argument. So that's why I think, yeah, let's blame Sankey more for this than anybody. Because it, it, really, the SEC commissioner cannot allow schools to get advantages over each other in issues like the scheduling issues, uh, rule change issues, like stuff like this that are directly in his purview. If he's not strong on this, the league is going to be Southwestern Conference in five years. Is, it, is, is it not? Power completely. struggles abound. Could not agree more because then how do you consistently enforce things? Right. And the kicker is we're talking about preferential treatment and Alabama's not in the discussion. I mean, that's pretty amazing <laughs> when you think about it from the SEC standpoint. But anyway. And I so, think yeah, that's but, because there is no conspiracy. There's just incompetence on the part of Sankey. I mean, I, I don't I don't think that he is a Florida homer. You know what I mean? Like I just think he got he got played more than more than he likely. just he isn't he's not Mike Slive. It's pretty right. damn obvious. So. And I don't know. Maybe you can look back at early on in the Slive era and see some mistakes that made that he learned from. Maybe Sankey will learn from this. Is what I'm trying to say. This but. isn't a very hard thing to figure out, though. Honestly, you have to find a way to play the game one way or the other. I mean, yeah. I mean, it messes everything up. You to could like have the game played the game in Nashville. You could have played the game at Auburn. You could have played the game in Tuscaloosa. Any of those schools would have. Anybody would have said, we'll host the damn thing. I mean, at least one of them. You could have played the game in Neyland Stadium. I mean, good grief. <laughs> yeah, so, so let's let's get there now. Um, talking about Neyland Stadium, Tennessee um, almost, almost 
retain their position as uh, the luckiest team in college football. Probably still just with the carryover luck. Still technically the luckiest team in college football. But they do fall 45-38 to in double overtime in Aggie Stadium. Um, I, I take it you watched also, this game, John. Also known as Kyle Field. But yes. Thank you, thank you. I was trying to, I was trying to pull Aggie that. Thank Stadium. you. All right, John. Okay. All right. Okay. You, you understood what I meant. In I know college, what you meant. In college station, that's, yeah. a, that's as much Kyle attention Field, as I deserve. I was, I was trying to pull Kyle Field. That. Yeah. Where do we stand on Kyle Field, John? How, did you do you think they got a big advantage yesterday? I think it looks ugly on TV. It's a little too it, blocky for my. Can you? I've flown into College Station. I did a grad school visit there. And it's literally just a flat, like, wide-open, like, farmland, acre-prairie deal. And then you look, and there's Kyle Field. It's like yeah, it's, it's Texas. I mean, it's, there's not much it's, scenery. It's, you can see the thing for forever. It's like the one thing in the middle of freaking nowhere, the, basically. The desert, yeah. And, I mean, it, it's impressive, but it's not – I mean, it's not – A&M's campus is not the most aesthetically pleasing campus. It's just big. I mean, do they do what, that? Do they do the um, – like, is it like sand-colored stone buildings and stuff like that? Yeah, it's pretty. It's kind of what you would. Yeah, my my girlfriend, you know, goes to Texas Tech Medical School in Lubbock, and like their campus is like it seems like they designed it to like blend into the desert. I mean, it's nice. Yeah, like I, that's pretty. That's that's it's not it's not as deserty and, and yeah. college, but yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have AT and T Stadium in Lubbock is sick though. That's like there. It's one of those with the athletic buildings built into it. It's just like a giant building on the side of the stadium. Pretty tight. Um, so this game, John, double overtime, as I said, it looked like Butch was going to find a way to come back from being down at, what was it, 21 to nothing early on? Uh, they were... 21-7, I mean, ten, I mean, really, the, the two games were played pretty much even. Yeah. And, I mean, the two teams played pretty evenly. I mean, Tennessee just turned it over seven times. It's funny, the, the, in the Bible Belt part of the, one of the, most densely Bible Belt parts of the U.S. on the seventh turnover, the Aggies rose. I mean, that was pretty, pretty fitting for that game. But it's a little reaching, sitting but there, I'll, I'll allow it. Go on. But I mean, Dobbs. That game to me, going into it, had shit show potential, and it, it like was, exceeded, it was a shit show. Yeah, it exceeded expectations. There's talent on that field, but both of those teams find ways to basically create shit. You know, play shit show football games. And I mean that back for running back for A and M's good, but like punt. I mean, Foreman punching the ball out of the one yard line was a was a hell of a play. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to sit here. And well, and both up. teams, both teams had chances to win the game in regulation. Uh, I mean, so Tennessee tied it up. Well, Tennessee scored to come within one late in the game. What was left? Like a minute, maybe like fifty seconds. And then they got it. Fifty one. Aiden gets it down the field. No, John, hold on. I even. I. I think. Yeah. I think this was. A, it was important to me watching. And obviously, I'm not a football coach, but yeah. so obviously, at that point, you can kick the field goal, play for overtime. That's what you, the smart thing to do. But then A and M got a penalty on the try, and they got half the distance. Oh, I would have gone for yes, two I without know. the penalty. Butch could have gone for two from half the distance, and he he declined the penalty. Kick the extra point. I was shocked he didn't go. Well, and at that point, shocked, I, at but... that point, I was like, Butch is gonna find a way to lose this one because he could have won and he pussied out. And then I thought he had found a way when A and M had a, like a thirty-yard field goal with three seconds left and they missed it. It was just ridiculous. Here, I, here's what Butch should. Here's like in the fourth quarter of that game. If, if I'm a Tennessee fan, here's what your thought process has to be. 
if I somehow find you look, you're looking at all these injuries and you're going, we're not, we're, we don't have our full deck against Alabama next weekend. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. We, you got to find a way to get out of college station with a win. You can lose to Bama at home next week with all your injuries. You, and then the rest of the schedule's cake. You then you can beat you can run the table from there. You're eleven and one in the SEC championship game, and if you get your guys back, you then go say play Bama on neutral field. But they had to get out of College Station with a win yesterday. So the fact and it looked like they wasn't going to happen, and then they get down there. And I, if I'm Butch, you got to go for two because A and is in the middle of choking that game at that point. Right, exactly. I was surprised he did, but nevertheless, they still even let's say, let's say Tennessee had converted, we were up 36-35. Then A and M gets down there and they just duck hook a field goal, which means That's we would have, which ugly. means like, which means like the longest game ever then would have only lasted because that game took forever. I mean, it was like almost five hours of double overtime. It was unbelievable how long CBS drew that game out. Yeah, but I know. I know. It was like, I mean, it was like good grief. But. I was I, late in the game. I was flipping around. Uh, you know, Alabama, Arkansas was on at that point, and also um, how, how late did this go? The Cubs were playing either right after it that. It went till eight twenty Eastern. Yeah, so they, they it was basically pushed by. It was yeah, 7, the Cubs 20. were starting right then, and it, it went on so long that when flipping back and forth on the guide, um, instead of saying CBS College Football, it was like uh, enroll in Medicare Part D today. Like that was the name of the program that apparently was going on, but actually it was the CBS game. Um, so at least they schedule it with uh, they they know it's going to go long, and they just put like infomercials after that they can run over. But let's see. So I mean, what's the takeaway from this game? How good is Texas A and M? I mean, they're they're good. They're they're good now. Trevor Knight, you know Chad Kelly's gonna make three dumb throws a game. Trevor Knight's gonna make about six. Yeah, and they're the weakness of A and M. Tennessee was not able to attack attack downfield against A and M, and that they're, they're gettable with downfield passing. Dobbs is not a good downfield thrower, and the the game ending on that interception that he threw was yeah was kind of, the, uh, in a lot of ways, a fitting way for it to end. Tennessee turnover was a fitting way for it to end. Maybe a fumble would be more appropriate for that particular game. But Dobbs, Dobbs making a terrible downfield throw made made a lot of sense for that game to end that way. If, I, if From an Ole Miss standpoint, I say, you know what? They've got pass rushers and whatnot, but Kelly can attack downfield. Yeah, they Kelly have can run, run away from Garrett, and we can, we can help him. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't look at it and say it's not impo- I mean, it's not an insurmountable. But A&M's good. I mean, and could A&M go in and have a hot – I mean, could Trevor Knight have a – if he has a hot day in Tuscaloosa, could they beat Alabama? Sure. I hope now, so, yeah. Watching Alabama steamroll Arkansas, I mean, I don't see – the uh, them losing twice just doesn't seem yeah. to fit. I mean, it seems like looking at this season, and we talked about this last week when I asked you, you know, who left on Ole Miss's schedule could they beat scoring less than 35 points? I'm not so much looking at opposing defenses as much as I'm looking at, you know, the opposing offense and if they're going to be able to exploit Ole Miss's flaws in their their defense. And so Trevor Knight isn't really the type of quarterback that I'm terribly afraid of. Um, He's like he's mobile though, and do we have a linebacker (sighs) that can really spy and run that well with him? I don't. He's mobile, and that could be a problem. But I'm more worried about a methodical passing QB that's going to hit those crossing routes, those third reads, stuff like that, and just pick pick apart the linebackers in the secondary. 
I don't know. I mean, mobile quarterbacks have given Ole Miss problems in the past, but what was the last one that really hurt us? I mean, Alabama ran a little bit. With, uh, with Jalen Hurts converted he, a lot of first downs. He did. He did. He, DeAndre he Francois, however, you know, completed a lot of passes to the tight end. That reminded me of the Arkansas game last year, and that's really still what scares me more than the running quarterback. Do you think I'm wrong to be afraid of that? I think you have to be concerned about both. I mean, I would, man. If I'm Womack in the bye, you, you would retire if you're if you're Womack. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'd change defensive corners at the end of the year on Pete Freeze, but I I think Dimes got to become your base defense with Connor at linebacker. Yeah. I mean, whatever you want to call it, because the bottom line is, and against most of the, against any of these spread teams, having Connor and then either, is it a, either AJ Moore or Custis on the field is going to be better than having Bing Dukes or Maneo can't do it. Bing Dukes can play against like, he, Bing Dukes can make sense to start. And he's he's going to have a role in that game. Yeah, he'll start. He'll help you sure. against LSU. He's going to help you against Auburn, I believe. But, like, A&M, you, you're just going to have to go play nickel. And that they're better off with that scenario. The key for the the key for Ole Miss the rest of this year, really look at all of Freeze's teams, is pretty much true. Because they have to play from up front. Because mm-hmm. they fall behind, say, 14-3. The best way for them to score is to go up tempo. But then they score in a minute, and the defense has to go back out there and get another stop, and it's going to get tired back and forth. Whereas when they get up and going early, they can then, yeah. they, they don't have to play as fast tempo-wise. Time of possession doesn't get out of balance. Pressure's on the other team. It lets their, pa- their pass-rushing defensive line have more time to rest in between plays, et cetera. That's... I mean, that's the key to me for this Arkansas game, and really, the honestly, the key for generally the rest of the year because this team's not really bi- i mean it, it is but it isn't built to like have a big comeback in the fourth quarter i right. mean it's sure sure yeah they don't have enough depth on defense to go and and dig one out or te- i mean tennessee more or less had enough depth to go dig one out yesterday i mean dig it out and get to a basically a even scenario and then well, that's what they've been I, doing all season too i mean yeah it's doing so and they almost almost doesn't have the de- i mean they probably have the depth in the secondary honestly to do it but they don't have the depth in the front seven to go really grind right right dig in and grind one out now it also depends on how talented teams you play granted i mean arkansas from i mean alabama's front four just demolished arkansas's offensive line i think old miss's d-line could go and have it i mean they could go in there and have an erection pretty good havoc against the hogs that's that's yeah, awesome. I mean, it's been it's also been rumored for the past couple of weeks that Fidal Brown is going to attempt to play in the Arkansas game. We'll yeah, see. it sounds like they're going to try to maybe get him. Yeah, the smart move I because think, I really it really doesn't sound I like think he, can, he would get a medical. Red I shirt. think he can still. Um, well, I think he can still be eligible for a medical redshirt even if he plays in this yeah, game. Yeah, because it's thirty percent. I think it's less than thirty percent, and then it's in the. He, 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 there's something about the first half of the season. This is game six, so. But, you've, but you, you under the rules for a sixth year actually call for you to miss two years due to injury, and this would be his first year missed due to injury. Red shirts don't count towards that. I like didn't D, DT, DT Shackelford got technically two medical red shirts for two different seasons. That's why he was allowed to play a sixth year. Gotcha. And especially given uh, maybe the Jordan Wilkins situation, um, I just am not too keen on us depending on an NCAA decision 
on something like that. I mean, I'd rather we get utility out of Fadal now. And it, I mean, it's also up to him. You know, is he even does he even interested? In I would agree. I mean, honestly, if he it, is his foot ever going to be a hundred percent again, even if it's next right. year, so might as well right. just kind of get what you can. I if you have if you have him and some if he can give you twenty five snaps a game the rest of the year one way or the other, then he then that. That, that's going to make a big difference for this football team. Especially against Arkansas, LSU, all He had been able to give them 25 snaps against Bama. It would have made a big difference. It would have helped a lot, yeah. It would have helped a lot, so. No doubt about that. Let's uh, let's go backwards in time. This That 11 a.m. kickoff, I just mentioned Auburn, uh, Mississippi State, in that, Starkville. Real quick, real quick, let me get yeah. this in. So, the NCAA, so Ole Miss, this, speaking, so Ole Miss is still letting, to mention the NCAA and how, friendly or unfriendly they are towards us right now. Ole Miss is still helping them investigate things. Like I mean, that. John, I, I, I think I think that you're hung up on the semantics of helping them investigate. I mean, I think the real question is how cooperative are they being in actuality? Are they actually well, leading the NCAA? Their, well, are they John, 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 Ole Miss is an NCAA member. You can't not let them on your campus. That's how you get loss of institutional control. That's how you get the death penalty is by not cooperating. At yeah, least wants their money acting and their like cooperating. Team. Although, to be fair, Sankey's probably totally screwing this up and making – yeah, that's right. I just I, – I just, all I want, and I know I'm not going to get it, but I'm just going to keep bitching about it. <laughs> Is I just want Ole Miss and Bjork to grab the NCAA by the pussy and throw them off the damn campus. That's all I want. Topical. That was good. That was good, that's John. What, that's what I had set up. You, you know, tried to jump the gun earlier. But. I jumped the gun. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Um, no, that's good. That's good. Uh, I, I would be fine with that, too. Once again, I stand by my point that it, it would seem the NCAA is digging and finding a lot of nothing thus far. Um, as far oh, as we did, evidence, cause we do because they did. We buried. We're this isn't really the lead, but the oh. track and field and the women's basketball yes. cases were resolved. Yes, uh, I think there's like seven years total probation for the women's basketball program. Uh, no, no, I don't think so. The, both the Wiggins, both really the Wiggins got uh, six year show causes, but the basketball program got I think three years, and it's already over. I mean, they already did it. I, it's, for me, the takeaway from that ruling was that they accepted Ole Miss's self-imposed penalties and added nothing on besides show causes for coaches that Ole Miss fired, you know, three Rich, years ago. You keep pointing out the most likely outcome of this whole NCAA thing is they really don't have anything additional that would warrant additional penalties. Right. But they're they drag simply, it. They drag it. They're to dragging the it out because the additional penalty is completely wrecking the 2017 recruiting class. Correct. I think that, that's what it's. So if you're freeze, if you can go win nine, ten games this year, yeah, you can overcome some of that. You have Shea next year. You have an offense that's going to be really good. You're going to be kind of thin on defense. You're going to have a good and secondary I, next year. You're going to I, be I kind of. Miss. If you can go win nine games next year, then eight or nine, then you can actually go have a real recruiting class in eighteen, and then be in position for going forward. And I, I think you're you're using the incorrect term when you say the 2017 recruiting class. I think you mean the the Cam Akers and bunch of dudes recruiting class. I like Ole Miss also, really no, has 2017 Ole Miss recruiting class. Right. I think Ole Miss has a singular focus at this point, and that is let's bring in what we think is a generational talent at running back in Cam Akers, add him to what is already a very dynamic offense, um, and then anything left over after Akers, let's throw it at. Trey Smith and Walker Little and probably not get either of them. But I mean, I, I think if you end up having 
the loss of the 2017 class in practice being the most major punishment and you're somehow still able to pull acres for the next three years. I mean, I think Hugh Freeze could weather that program. If you get Cam Akers, if you win nine nine or more games this year, you get Cam Akers, you get this NCAA thing resolved without really any more penalty, you know, without any substan- more substantial penalties added. Right, maybe and a couple more scholarships, a couple suspensions. And then Shea takes a red shirt and – he does have a low release, and at his height, that's going to be kind of an end with NFL guys. So you you may get him more for another year or so longer than what you yeah. may want to, may think. I mean, he could I mean be, you have to you have he, to think he could be Aaron Murray. You know, basically stick around because I mean he's not a he's he's not a surefire first round pick just because of his size and his release. No, no. He's gonna. He probably gets. I mean, he's got a shot at playing the NFL, but he's not a first round pick. So mm-hmm. he'd be a good college player. You bring yeah, that Drew, in. Drew Acres, you have a secondary for next. year. You should have a pretty good secondary next year. You'll have you, a damn good offense. You'll have a damn good offense, especially with Acres. If yeah. you were to add Acres, that's a that, whole new dimension. We'll have, have a damn good. I mean, you're gonna be damn good on offense. Linebacker, you have Gates, maybe Bing Dukes year two is better. The defensive line, depending yeah. on how I mean, Will, hopefully Willie Gay, we'll see. I mean, I, if Willie Gay goes to state, I won't be surprised. I I think he ends I think he signs with Ole Miss, but I really I don't have a whole lot of confidence in that. I don't I don't know enough I'm not close enough to that to really have a good I, sense. I think if sanctions don't come down before signing day, he probably signs with Ole Miss. But he is he just like Ole Miss is focused on Acres, State is focused on Willie Gay singularly in this class. Because no matter what happens to Mullen, just the state athletic program cannot stomach letting Recruits they want How to go from Starkville High till the Miss. Mo- when is Strickland going to Florida? I'm not really sure about that. Actually, so who, who, yeah, who actually got this game put? Was Foley doing this? Yeah, I think I think it's still Foley, and you know Foley is still going to be around even after Strickland gets there. He's uh he's like he's like taking a a senior position or whatever like with the university. So Foley retired effective October first. And but I haven't heard Strickland. I haven't heard Strickland's name. I haven't heard it associated with this decision at all. I don't know. Maybe it was him. Though. So I mean, I guess that means that the state athletic. So department, who the hell's right? who's state's AD right now? I don't know. Rhett Hobart or something. I don't, I don't know. Sid Salter. I have no idea. If I can get past all, right. all these damn pop-up ads on the Clarion Liars website, I could actually read this article and figure <laughs> oh, this out. Yeah, yeah, the, the biased Clarion liar. Um, no, so let's get let's talk let's let's transition. Let's talk about state and Auburn. Yeah, let's was, talk about state and Auburn. Eleven a.m. SEC kick. I actually I got... went. I watched a good bit of it because I like the eleven a.m. slot. Assuming I'm at home, you know, it's a nice way to start out your day with some coffee and. Watching a game, uh, State won the second half, fourteen to three. I think that's that should be said. That's very important. Uh, Auburn, unfortunately, did win the first half, thirty-five to nothing. Um, put State at a little bit of a disadvantage there. Uh, yeah, John. I mean, it's a combination of things. I think in Starkville, they are not very talented in any unit apart from the defensive line and they didn't look that great yesterday um and I think that they're starting to not care that much I mean 
I saw Fred Ross looking frustrated and just kind of not really. He 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 fumbled two different punt returns. I mean, and he's undisputably the best talent you know on their team overall. I I think when that guy's having a focus issue, it's indicative of bigger problems probably in your entire team. I just still think it's amazing that Strickland got out of Starkville before Mullen. I find that just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Like I said, I didn't see any of the game. They got whipped. Auburn's not that good. Auburn has a good front seven. And Auburn, Auburn didn't even throw on them. Auburn ran. Auburn should not be up thirty-five nothing against them. Like that no. just shouldn't happen. So there were defensive touchdowns that that accounted for that. I mean, State's offensive line was porous. I don't know. I so you haven't seen anything from the game. You haven't seen any of these Martinez Rankin videos. Nope. There were there were plays where he didn't even come out of his stance before Lawson was like hitting Fitzgerald. It was it was bad. It, he would he would do the thing where you go back and you look the other direction, pretend like you're supposed to be blocking that way because you know Carl Lawson's you know coming right at you and he just runs around you. It was uh it was not a good day for their offense. I think their offensive line might somehow be worse than it was last year. Um, I, I feel bad for Nick Fitzgerald. And he also, I don't know if you know this, Fitzgerald can't pass. He's a, he's a triple option quarterback. They just Ole don't Miss have... Is, Ole Miss is going to beat the shit out of them. Yeah, I mean, they don't have much to work with uh, on offense. And their defense is, I mean, it's been talent deficient for a few years now. Um, I just, yeah. I, I think that Mullen is, is going to leave after this season. They're not going to fire him. Uh, I think just because they're afraid of being stigmatized as the program that fires a successful coach. Uh, but I think privately they will encourage him to take a job a tier below the SEC West. Um, I also heard on the illustrious Elite Dogs message board that uh, he hired Jimmy Sexton as an agent. So he might actually be getting out of Starkville this year. If he did, then yeah. Because what... State could be about to torpedo. It was Strickland getting out. Mullen doesn't want to be there. We know that. Uh, Jeremy Follett, so I'm looking to try to see like who's actually running Florida and who's actually running Mississippi State right now. Yeah. And it's not obvious because Strickland's still listed as the AD at State. Foley allegedly was done October 1st. We still listed as the guy on the Florida website. I mean, the sensible thing to me would be to tell Foley, hey, stick around till like the first of the year and then Strickland comes in at the turn of the year or whatever. Right, right. Just probably give you a transition plan. But in looking this up, I just want you to know that Jeremy Foley competed in the Boston Marathon twice. I mean, he felt oh, egotistical wow. enough to put that on his bio. And, you know, let's see, he went to Hobart College, and graduated in 1974, Bachelor of Arts in Psychology, so he's, he mind-fucked Greg Sankey. Listen, do, you think, do you think that's awkward, uh, the Boston Marathon, when, like, Mullen and, and Foley run into each other, and, like, Urban comes up, and it's probably still kind of a sore spot, right? Well, Urban wouldn't be running, because he'd probably have a stroke. If he put no, 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 I, I mean, I mean, the subject of Urban Meyer comes up, and it's just kind of a, a tense conversation. I, it, I, yeah, it is funny how this this is kind of a little, you know, this is a big circle, the circle jerk factor between all these guys it is pretty hysterical. So it is, yeah, they all they all like the same thing. It's they're cute. All, yeah, I, yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about with the state game? Because you can tell I really don't. Um, whipped. I, I mentioned Mar- Martinez Rankin. I, I suggest uh, if you see something about that on Twitter or Facebook, click on it because the videos are pretty funny. I think I, I, what I'm pissed off about the whole – so they went all in on Drew. So that Rankin was. So it was Rankin, Avery Guinnessy, and Drew Richmond were all like basically, yeah, tackle positions. Richmond's a bust because he could. Yes. Tennessee had four hundred people get injured yesterday, and Richmond never made it on the field. 
Rankin is, the, is somehow more of a bust, trust me. And then again, it sees A&M's left tackle. So it's like, why the hell couldn't, like, guys, we could have gotten him on campus. Yeah. And he could be playing right tackle for us. Or he could be playing left and Little be over there at right, and we'd all be happy right now. But, but the good news is that Little, so far, has not looked like a bust. So no, Little's good. At least we hit sometimes. They're, they're going to be – I mean, they're the offensive line's in a good spot, and it's a good spot going forward with who they brought in. They're going to add Matthews and Newman to it here in the next next year, potentially. So Right. It's um, a good – Situation. Yeah. No, Dan, Skip, good situation. Dan Skipper got abused uh, last night, so I mean, it's a good day. missing him wasn't really that big a deal. I mean, so yeah, and uh, Justin Bauer doesn't even play football anymore. Andy Bauer, you mean? That is what the, I meant. Why did I say? I don't know why I said Justin Bauer. I think that's someone else that I've met before. You must have a mirror there looking at yourself, no, your hair. No, I, I never think that someone's uh, name because it's such a terrible name. But I think I've met someone that's named that. So that would be weird if he was listening, but I doubt he is. And Andy Bauer, yeah. Austin Golson's a lineman for Auburn. You know, he he. I saw be- him. I saw him get abused yesterday too. If he could play in the interior, he would be fine. But he he can't play left tackle. So. Yeah, but you you can't you can't really play SEC offensive lineman if your feelings are too hurt because the guys don't think you're cool. I mean, yeah. that, that just kind of that's a good indicator you're not tough enough to handle it. Let's talk about this Alabama Arkansas game in Fayetteville. Uh, Alabama gets a 19 point win, 49 to 30. How how much are we taking away from? Alabama giving up 30 points to Arkansas. I mean, are we are we going to pin this on changing style of play and the fact that Alabama is much more offensively prolific now, or is their defense I, not I as interpret good? this game vastly differently. Alabama went out there and whipped them, and then they just kind of said, okay, you know, we're, we're not going to sit here and spend all of our energy just beating you to death because we got to go, we got to go to Knoxville next week. And then they got a bye week, and then LSU. They 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 know they have a series of games in a row. Oh, 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 they have Knoxville, then A and M, then bye week. They have to play four, three big games in a row then before the bye week. They don't need to spend all of their energy beating the crap out of Arkansas. They just need to go win the game comfortably, move on. It's part of the kind of physical and emotional intensity. It's how you manage it over three weeks in a row. No, totally true. I think they clearly they were. In, vastly superior football team to Arkansas. They could have named their score. Um, they know they have a big game in Knoxville next weekend, and they got it. Because Tennessee and A&M on their best days can, can can potentially beat them. And they know that. So, But they went in there focused. I mean, Arkansas pretty much played A&M even until the fourth quarter and a couple big plays. I think Alabama is a step better than everybody in the league. Oh, I mean, Ole Miss might be the second best team in the league. We we'll find out here. I mean, Ole Miss but, played Alabama pretty well. Ole Miss gave Alabama all they wanted to handle, and if they don't turn the ball over, you know, we don't have a fumble at the, the goal line, and Breland doesn't yeah, get any penalty. A couple bad plays there, and then we I don't know why we don't use Wonderlick full time at punting. He has some strategy. Corey Batoon's special teams pissed me off. I. John, it's uh, it's not a scheme issue. It's it's just execution. That's what he said this week. I'm really interested to see what Freeze does on the defensive coaches coach. So side. yeah, let's talk let's talk about that because there was some news this week uh, that Ole Miss was hiring a notorious uh, SEC bagman. Did you hear about this? I did not hear about this. Melvin Smith. Uh, do you know the name? Yes, I know who Melvin Smith is. So he is now a, an off-field consultant. Uh, for Ole Miss. The... Wait, 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 wait. We have him being an off-field consultant? 
Yeah, so this kind of you're you're saying we want to tell the NCAA to f off. I think we're uh, moving towards that, perhaps. I think this is I I am fully supportive of this endeavor. Well, there you go. Yeah, so Melvin Smith was recently let go as ULL's defensive coordinator. Uh, rumor has it that Ole Miss has hired him to be an off-field, uh, maybe a Barney Farrar type uh, involved in recruiting in, in some different ways. Apparently this is uh, also angling towards Cam Akers. Uh, and some people are saying that perhaps he'll uh, be a safeties coach next year at Ole Miss. He could be. I think Ole Miss has to – I personally would – I'd move on from Womack and Batoon. Um, you can keep Jason Jones if you want. So you can I, I'm keep with you Chris on Kiffin that. If you want, so that's part you of the hire, question. You right? hire a DC, and then he either coaches linebackers or safeties, and whichever the DC doesn't coach, you get a in a system that does otherwise. And per, or well, realistically, a DC should be able to coach any position. So if you want Melvin Smith to be your secondary coach, then you. Hire a DC, you say you coach linebackers. So I think so. And then the D, and the DC coaching linebackers then tells all linebacker recruits this is like the Pied Piper position. Maybe we can actually go recruit a linebacker that way. So you know? I, the thing is, John, I think if you do that, you probably lose Kiffin. Because don't you think Kiffin's ready to be a DC somewhere else? Mm-hmm. No. Um. I, well, I think he probably if, thinks if, he is. If, if, if I, I don't want Chris Kiffin being our DC. Well, I think it's, and, it's one of the things that's on the table if, if Womack retires. And if Chris Kiffin goes somewhere else, then I'm not losing any sleep over it. So do he, you do you try to go hire Tom Allen from Indiana? Yeah. Ooh, to like run the defense. He's Indiana's the best defense in the Big Ten. Shit, that's right. Yeah, go hire him. Go he's a, he's a first year there, and he, he he made USF good too. I have zero problem with that. I think it makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I mean, I I I'm down with that too. I, the promote Kiffin thing has also been floated, and I mean, I'm somewhat ambivalent on it because I don't actually know how good of an X's and O coach he is. Uh, but Tom Allen would seem like it would be a home run based on what, was, what he's done Tom recently. Allen, Tom Allen saw, I mean, Auburn almost hired Tom Allen, then something went quirky in the bowl game. I think it was as much as an Auburn issue as it was a um, Tom Allen yeah. issue. Yeah, well, I've heard, I've heard Tom Allen turn, has turned down jobs before just because it's not what he wanted. To, he didn't want to go to that school or whatever. He, but, he is from Indiana. Allen, it's a hometown gig for Allen. Yeah, but, but Ole Miss would pay him like a million dollars. And Ole Miss would get would pony up the checkbook and say, "Come back and run her." I, I think he and Freeze get along. I mean, that would be great. I, I hope they do that. I I have I would be a fan of that. We'll see what direction they go though. We'll I see. Just and, think- and and I mean, one consistent aspect of the Hugh Freeze era is we have been consistently disappointed with his personnel decisions. So we'll see if that changes this season <laughs> in year five. Wait, where's McGriff at? He Auburn? he he's at Auburn, but I think he might not be there any longer. He was at Auburn after the Saints. I think he still thought he was still there. I thought he got hired for this year. Maybe, yeah. I I, I don't know. Go get Wes Mc. Can you? Yeah, no. This is McGriff's first year at Auburn. Yeah, he was hired in January. So here's what we do. But, I mean, we, they could they could be we, gone. We, if we get year. rid of. Well, he's he coach corners or does he coach? Says uh, secondary, second, coach. secondary coach and co DC. So let's just put the band back together. Let's get rid of Womack and Batoon. Let's go get McGriff and Allen, and boom. 
That'd be great. I mean, it'd be great. Put the band back together, everybody. It'd be great. That's a possibility. Let's let's hope for that. Um, you want to talk about some other games in the SEC? You know what? And, and if you got rid of, I don't know, Jason Jones does seem to recruit Texas, so I think he's overall. I think he Kiffin and Jones, I'm fine with, but you need a tactician, defensive coordinator, and we need an energy guy. Womack's, I'm tired. Womack's too mellow. We need, yeah. we need a rah rah dude. And and I mean, uh, Tom Allen was very energetic. J- Jason Jones coach. is an even keeled guy. Kiffin's an energy guy. You can have like one even keeled guy. And I need somebody other than my damn strength. Well, I guess Scott Cochran has a lot of energy on the Bama side. So I don't know. We'll we'll figure. We'll Free, figure out. I do. I will be re- disappointed if we maintain the same coaching staff. I will be too, oh, cool. just like we were disappointed when Freeze promoted Batoon. Yeah, I mean, it, the, that we, we figured we'd just be disappointed overall. I think it's safe to say we've been disappointed. Yeah, I, I think that I that's that's true. If you look back at how we felt in in Free, hiring Free's seasons past, get, he 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 needs a better DC. That's the bottom line. I mean, so yeah, it's anyway. not going to hurt him. Um, Let's see, looking around the SEC, uh, Vanderbilt, Kentucky. Kentucky gets a much-needed win. Tough break for Vanderbilt. I mean, Derek Mason has to I think to both out. of those coaches are fired, more or less. Yeah, and I, I mean, it, it wouldn't be a minute too soon for either, I'd say. They have not done uh, too terribly much of their stops. Um, let's oh, see. shit. We can go hire Derek Mason to be a DC. I mean, that'd be cool. I, That's the, and he and Freeze get along, apparently. You know, we talk about we joke about putting the band back together. Let's actually go hire like a real defensive coordinator. Like that would be what we want. So I think Tom Allen's a real defensive coordinator. Yeah, but Derek Mason is a real, real defensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. I I think Mason's in over his head at Vanderbilt, and it has not worked out. He's a but... he's a very very good defensive coach. He's an energy guy. Right, right. He gets along with you know. I mean, Allen, Allen does as well, but I think Mason's better than Allen. I believe that. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll I see. mean, Mason ran that defense over at, uh, at whatchamacallit. Well, it was Stanford. on the West Coast, right? Yeah, Stanford. Stanford, yeah. yeah. Um, Kentucky's 3-3. Three and three. They got State at home at Missouri. Georgia, my Tennessee. Oh, shit. They may actually get to a bowl, though. Yeah, so, okay, let's talk about State's schedule because it's about to get really interesting. They're at – Kentucky uh, – Kentucky can beat State, Missouri, and Austin P. I don't know. You think Kentucky can beat State? Really? Yes. Oh, my God, dude. That is really bad news because that means State's going to win like four games. Yes. They're two and three right now. They have to go to at BYU on a Friday night. BYU just beat Michigan State yesterday. At Kentucky uh, six days later. I mean, if you really – because I've been thinking State's about to rattle off at least two, maybe three wins before A and M, and they they desperately need it. But at B at BYU, I mean that that's a must no, if, win. If they Otherwise, lose at BYU, if they're going to a bowl. They got. I mean, God, look at the. Geez. If they lose at BYU, they could only win how the Samford game the rest of the year. They, how are they getting to a bowl? They're not getting to a bowl. No, I mean to get to a bowl, they have to win three in a row at BYU, at Kentucky versus. They're not Stanford. good. Okay, they beat South Carolina at home. Woohoo! They but lost they to South Alabama. Alabama and they in UMass, they only beat by twelve. I mean, yes, they're not good. But they were offensively uh, prolific in that game, John. Uh, UMass is UMass's defense. They 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 scored a ton on them. <laughs> I'm they're, kidding. I'm kidding. 
Well, it's a, it's all about. I mean, they could really be hit for just the, the toilet, toilet. Well, yeah, Mullen, they, I mean, three and nine is very possible at this point if they lose to BYU. There's going to be enough coaching moves this offseason where Mullen will go backfill a job if nothing else. Yeah, sec- I mean, he's gonna he's gonna end up at BC or something. Yeah, something like that. Um. So, yeah. What's up? Any other games? I'm trying to think. I of think I'm, I don't think any because Georgia South Carolina is delayed till today. LSU Florida didn't play. Ole Miss had a bye, so that's pretty much it. Um, let me see if we got lines for this week up yet. We have a few up. Okay, so you got. You, I'm looking at Vegas Insider. Um, you were talking about ours was already up, right? Ours is up. Bam. So here, here's what's up. Louisville's 28 point favorite over Duke. Who cares? I don't know. That's a big line. That is big. I think Louisville may go pouty because they lost that game. But if Vegas is setting the line at 28, that seems to tell me that uh, they might know something about Louisville that we don't in their mindset going into this game. Well, the other thing, too, is they're way more athletic than Duke, and they could yeah, just yeah. shut them off the field. That's entirely possible. No doubt about that. Uh, Miami. My book, John, my book right now is just yeah. six different uh, Georgia at South Carolina lines. <laughs> here's here's what I got. All right. I've got Miami six and a half over North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina's got their heads beat off against. Yeah, well, Miami choked away the Florida State yeah, win last they night. Did. Clemson minus sixteen and a half against North Carolina. So I think Clemson's starting to really hit its stride. Yeah. I believe that. Well, I think when they got over the Louisville hump, that gave them yeah, what they and needed, they beat which the was crap confidence. Out of BC. Yeah, they needed They're, confidence. Oklahoma minus fourteen over K State. Don't care. Yeah, who cares? Um. Oklahoma whip Texas. I, I saw last night on Twitter Texas's two wins are a combined three and nine. Yeah, Texas is Charlie's fired. Here's the two lines we got: Alabama, Tennessee. Alabama minus eight. Oh, I give me. I the like. Tie. Yeah, I like the. I like the Alabama there because Tennessee's banged up, um, and Alabama. I thought played that Archie game. They went in there. They whipped. They. And it wasn't. It was never a game, yeah. and they. Then they save themselves from an energy standpoint. It opened at minus eight. It's already up to ten, nine and a half. So yeah. people are jumping on the tide. And then our game, we have a line. We are six and a half point favorites against the Hogs. I I will hesitantly take Ole Miss minus six and a half over Arkansas. I think if Ole Miss gets in there and gets out to a lead. They can throw on Arkansas, and is is that Arkansas offense really good enough? Are they good enough to abuse Ole Miss the way that they have in the past? I think. No, I, think I mean, Ar- I think a lot Arkansas of Arkansas licking licking wounds coming off getting throttled by Bama, Ole Miss right. coming off by the dynamic setup. Well, I would say a lot of the reason Arkansas was in that game so much last year had to do with Brandon Allen, you know, not being. To not the moment not being too big for Brandon Allen. I'm just not sure if his little brother is quite there when yeah. it comes to the maturity to sit in the pocket and find that that third read and you know take the time that it takes to beat Ole Miss's defense. In my opinion, yeah, we'll see. Because I, I mean, we saw Jacob Eason look like absolute dog shit. I think Ole Dave Womack. Co- I think Dave Womack's kind of coaching for his job, and I would think he'd put together a game plan against the Hogs this year. Would be my thought yeah. process. Yeah, I think, I think Hugh Freeze, like Hugh Freeze needs has to overcome this narrative that certain lesser teams are going to always have his number, 
that's, I, that starts it, with beating Arkansas. It could, and this could be. I mean, is Arkansas really any better than Georgia? No, I, I, I don't think so. From a talent perspective, absolutely not. From a coaching perspective, maybe marginally. We'll see. I mean, it, it's an interesting game for free for Freeze, Womack, Ole Miss. They, mm-hmm. we'll see how it comes out. And then the only other lines we have here are. Notre Dame, Stanford, pick them, lol. Stanford got throttled by Mike Leach last night. And, um, shit, could Washington, is Washington State undefeated in the Pac-12? Are they? Well, me and Paul were talking last night about how the Huskies are going to be in the damn playoff. Washington they're is. They're good. Yeah, they're owning That's people. They're, they're owning people. Washington State beat Stanford 42-16 at Stanford. Honestly, I, I think Washington is kind of an example of if Hugh Freeze had done what he did at Ole Miss in a league that was not the SEC. Agreed. Like, if, a- if Freeze had, had done the Ole Miss rebuild in the Pac-12, I think right now they would pretty much be Washington. Here, here's what okay, here's what I want. This would be the most Pac-12 thing ever. Because Ole Miss, Ole Miss could score 60 every week in the Pac-12. Yeah. Here's no. what I want. Washington State lost to Eastern Washington to open the year wow. by a field goal. They lost to Boise by a field goal at Boise. They beat the crap out of Idaho. They beat Oregon by 18. They beat Stanford here, 42-16. Wow. They get UCLA at home, Arizona State, Tempe, Oregon State, and Corvallis. There's not a game on here they can't win until the – I mean, in the last game of the year is the Apple Cup in Pullman. Yeah. What if Washington State and Leach start 0-2 losing to Boise and Eastern Washington Get to where they're like nine and two going against the Huskies, and then somehow like upset them. Like well, that last was, year, last year they lost to, to Portland State and ended up with like nine wins, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, Leach, Leach is a Leach, Leach is a madman. He is a madman. But the, Washington State could go on a run here, and we look back and go, "How the hell?" Is, I mean, Boise's not bad. What if how? What if Leach like like you ask Leach, and he's like, "Well, I figured it out. If you lose a bad game early in the season, it resets all your expectations and, and allows you right." Like he thinks he like it's his strategy to like reset. I mean, he the just team's beat psychology. Oregon and Stanford back to back. I mean, that's like you okay. Know, but the real question is, how good are Oregon and Stanford? Yeah, they're one and a half point favorites over UCLA. By the way, and that, yeah, this Leach team is the Pac-12 is bad. I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on this quirky Leach team. Yeah, I mean Ohio, Ohio State's minus nine over Wisconsin. I think Ohio, I think Ohio State was looking ahead a little bit to Wisconsin this past weekend. Yeah, probably Michigan. I, Michigan didn't look ahead. They looked straight down Michigan, at Rutgers and Ohio. shit on them. I think uh, Ohio State Michigan will be interesting this year. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean. I think they're 10 points better. I think but. that's the rivalry to watch in the next three seasons. This is going to get really, really nasty and really, really intense games for oh, sure. Yeah. It's going to be there. so It's going to be great. Um, John, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, the, the Rangers and the Cubs thus far through the playoffs? If a playoff loss happens on TBS, it never happened. That's and, my official statement. And also, like, in the New afternoon. England, New Englanders agree with me because they're 0-2 against the Indians. The Rangers got skull drug by the Blue Jays twice. If you lose games on TBS, they don't they ever really happen. Wait, so that is that series going to Toronto now? Yeah, it's in Toronto tonight. So, so that means the Rangers have to win two at Toronto and then one back home? Well, the Rangers were up two. They went and won the first two games in Toronto last year, then lost the series. Yeah, so it's so possible. I mean, this don't is count anything either, out. This is the ultimate reverse FU or it's just they're getting swept. That would be funny if it was if it was the opposite of what happened last season. It would be hysterical. So what ha- what went wrong in the losses? I saw Blue Jays had a lot of homers. 
Um, they, they got their ass beat. There's no other way to put it. I mean, Cole Hamels went out there and got shelled, and you Darvish gave up three straight homers in yeah. the fifth. I mean, well, they good, their yeah. their top two guys didn't, and they didn't exactly score. I mean, they didn't score in the front. I mean, they didn't score at all in the first game, but they went out there and got what. Toronto won that wild card game, and they're they're a hot and cold, explosive team. I mean, when they're when they're on and not beating themselves, they're as good as anybody in baseball. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, no doubt. That's, I mean, that's that's been the truth. They're a little, they're a little bipolar. I mean, for a couple they, of years, they can beat the Cubs in the World Series potentially. I mean, I think It'd be a good matchup. Cubs, Cubs got the best team. That's the bottom. I mean, we've seen that. Yeah, and it's and we talked about they it. They got past Cueto game one. They needed to win the first two games against San Francisco and did so. Now and it wasn't easy to get past Cueto, but yeah, they did it but in the eighth. They, they did that. I mean, now they got Arietta going against Bumgarner. I mean, it's feel gonna be like good. It. And, and Bumgarner just pitched a complete game three days ago, and then pitched relief last night, and then is what pitching again in two days? Or I'm not sure when the series resumes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they work Bumgarner to death. I was saying last night, it's like a, a high school team that only has one good player and they just use him for everything. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy, but no, so yeah, the Cubs are doing well. It's like we were talking about around trade season, um, with all the pieces the Cubs had, if you added in an Araldis Chapman, I mean, that was just going to put them over the top as far as, as long as, yeah, is that enough bullpen arm? We'll see. That's kind of the key. Yeah. Um, I mean, Travis Wood is is interesting. He's he, it's a left hander that can also slow. He had a home run last night as a as a pinch hitter that then came into to stretch pitch. I mean, it's a very interesting team. They pretty much have all the tools you could ever want as a manager. Yeah. From the from the veteran catcher to the the rookie catcher that was pop to the third baseman, you know, in Baez that can hit that eighth that eighth inning homer. Um. Yeah. Are you still there, John? I think I lost John for a second there. Um, well, I guess that's going to do it for today, folks. Uh, I'm sure John would, would love to sign off as well, but I think he dropped on the call here. But that's cool. We were pretty much done talking about what we were going to talk about anyway. Um, Old Miss plays Arkansas on Saturday. I want to say it's like a 6 p.m. kickoff. Not positive. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.